0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. Three states instituted salary transparency laws on January the 1st this year, California, Washington, and Rhode Island, adding them to a list of states that have instituted this type of uh, pattern to give a better idea as to what the pay rates are for jobs across their states. We're even seeing it play out in some cities as well. But what will these laws mean moving forward? What type of impact will they have? Matthew Bidwell, management professor here at the Wharton School, joins us with more on that. Matthew, great to talk to you again. Nice to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing very well. Thanks again for for giving us a few moments. And and so I I mentioned these states, but it, it feels like there is a significant push going on here in the U.S., or a push at least to bring forward these types of rules that will allow more transparency about the pay levels uh that companies uh will have for for future employees
1: yeah i mean it's a it's a like you say it is kind of we're seeing this wave um one of the interesting things also with with remote work um, a lot of these laws have effects that go beyond state boundaries because when i recruit it's you know, I might be recruiting in Nebraska, but if I end up with a remote worker in New York, then I start to be subject to some of these things. And so it's affecting employers um, all over. It, You know, the background, I think, is around issues, particularly of gender equity. So people have been very concerned about kind of the, the way that women's pay is, depending on the numbers that you um, look at, kind of 20-ish percent lower than men's pay um one of the things people look at is kind of is this differences in negotiation and so we've had over the last five years a lot of bans on employers asking for salary histories during negotiations the idea was that um that that would kind of perpetuate kind of reduce bargaining power if you weren't paid well in your last job you could continue to be penalized um this is a new take on it, um, suggesting that the more you know about what pay you can expect, the better prepared you're going to be to negotiate going in.
0: Well, and as you mentioned, with the dynamic of work-from-home remote work, that's something that realistically, you know, hasn't been a, a big part of the of the work-slash-hiring component, uh, you know, up until the pandemic. Uh, and now it's become a component to whatever degree uh that's kind of here for good it seems like
1: yeah i mean you see this dynamic um i think all kind of common in kind of various things that are based online in the kind of companies are forced to um tailor their behavior to kind of the strictest regulatory regime and so back was it four or five years ago and gdpr came in and suddenly everyone irritated us with all these consent forms that we had to fill in because um because people wanted to make sure if they were global, they were um, they were complying with European legislation. Similarly, I think kind of we're now starting to see this show up in elements of employment as it's becoming less clear where your people are employed. I think companies mm-hmm. are getting a bit more sensitive to the fact that employment laws in one state can affect them elsewhere.
0: How many states do we have currently that that have this type of transparency law in place, and should we expect – to see more states looking to try and bring these measures forward in the years ahead
1: i'm afraid i don't have the number off the top of my head um they're reasonably new um i when you see a wave like this you're never quite sure where it's going to break so yes i would expect to see this continue um over the next few years um and it's i mean i think it's a good thing it's always struck me as pretty weird. I remember a few years ago looking at kind of job postings and I think about fewer than 20% actually stated how much you would expect to pay. And it always struck me as very strange. You know, we talk about the joy of markets and how efficient they are and all those sorts of things. There aren't that many markets where nobody bothers to post prices, right? You'd be a little annoyed if you went into the supermarket and they didn't tell you how much anything was going to cost until you got to the um, cash register. Whereas traditionally with employment has been you apply for the job and it's only after you get the job that they start talking about how much they're going to pay you. Um, And so I think I'm quite happy to see this. Um, I mean, I I think there is some evidence that it does help reduce um, gender pay gaps. But any more broadly, just in terms of, enabling people to make informed choices about yep. where um, where they should be working um, and kind of what jobs might be rewarding and, and what don't. It makes labor market search a lot easier. Um, one of the things I found interesting just, just looking at some of the debates on this is you know, when New York put it into practice, for example, kind of some of the pushback was from kind of small businesses saying you know, we can't necessarily afford to compete with um, – some larger firms on pay, and so if we're forced to yeah. post exactly how much we're paying, um, then it's going to put us at a disadvantage. Uh, on the one hand, you have to feel for those business owners. On the other hand, I'm not sure, as a matter of policy, we want to kind of be be supporting people um, whose competitive advantage is offering low wages. Um, so, on balance, I think it's something we should be quite happy to see continuing. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, th- then, actually, uh, to kind of expand on that, then, what do you think the impact is by having these rules on the companies themselves as they move forward?
1: Um, I mean, I think one of the things that you're seeing um, people in this area saying is it, it forces companies to be a bit more systematic about how they pay people. So if traditionally we have, um, we just come up with a number whenever we've hired somebody. And so we mm. end up with kind of, very disparate pay levels, um, that starts to be a little bit awkward when we're forced to start publishing the pay ranges and those sorts of things. Um, I think over the last 40ish years, you've seen a move, and which makes me sound terribly old, but you've seen a move gradually away from kind of this post-war idea of you, you pay for the job. So yeah. you're worth the job you're doing. And so the job basically determines the pay. And kind of there was a shift away from that much more to kind of individualized pay, Mm -hmm. um, which kind of makes some of these negotiations a bit easier. It it works well when nobody knows what anybody else is getting paid. Um, But, you know, when we see different people in the same job being paid radically different amounts, which aren't necessarily tied to their performance, um, that gets quite awkward for managers. And so I think as companies are forced to be clearer about how much people should expect to be paid for each job probably forces them also to be a little more systematic about thinking how much people how much do people get in this job um and it has to be said i mean i think i think it's good in terms of enabling people to make better decisions about what jobs to take um it's not overall clear that it raises wages overall. Um, I mean, as some people point out, on the one hand, it may, it's harder to lowball candidates coming in because they have a sense of what to expect. But employers may also take a slightly harder line on kind of letting pay go up too much for any individual because if they start to be more conscious about what's the pay range for this job, you do start to worry, well, if I, you know, if I give a special rate to this person, Then what are going to be the effects on the pay range? And what am I going to end up having to pay lots of other people in the future? So it shifts negotiations as well in kind of slightly complicated ways.
0: You you mentioned about New York City uh, making a move uh, like this, but more it seems like the push is at the state level. Is that kind of the the pattern that you expect will continue, that it will be more on state governments to, to move forward with this rather than individual cities?
1: um i imagine it will be a mix um i mean i can imagine in part the uh, yeah. it depends on the politics of the different states i mean new york's interesting because you kind of got democrats in both um both at the state level and the city level. i could imagine i mean this is you know when you're talking about gender equity um yeah. improving workers rights those sorts of things those are traditionally democrat topics um I would expect to see more of this coming out of Democratic legislatures. Um, And so you could imagine in states where you have very Democratic cities, but Republican states, you could continue to see this happening at the city level as well.
0: Matthew, great to have you back with us for a few moments. Thank you, sir.
1: Good to talk with you.
0: Thank you. Matthew Bidwell, professor of management here at the Wharton School.